Welcome to the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon, where we talk about fishing and life. Presented by Tuckasegee Fly Shop with three locations in Waynesville, Silva, and Bryson City. And if you can't make it there or need something fast, be sure to visit flyshopusa.com. If you're looking to experience Western North Carolina waters with or without a guide, visit tuckflyshop.com or one of our locations for more information on booking, the waters we fish, and current conditions. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Howdy. <clears throat> Thanks for joining us today, folks. My name's Dale, sitting here with Bobby and uh, one of our amazing guides, Anthony Allen. Thanks for joining us today, Anthony. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Seems excited. Yeah, yeah. Lean into that <laughs> mic a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Anthony is a really exciting guy to fish with. Uh, no, Anthony's got it with us for uh, how long now? You uh, keeping count? Two years. Two years or so. Um, and uh, has done an outstanding job for us, has taught a lot of people, um, a lot of skills with Euronymphing and um, kind of the more technical side of things, uh, but is also amazing with beginners. So um, definitely uh, if you're looking to book a trip and – Curious about who to get out there with that's on our staff. Give us a call and uh, get out there with Antferny. So, Antferny, as as Lisa calls him. So, um, hey, there's another mic here. If somebody wants to, anybody want to be on it? Y'all are more than welcome. Oh. Justin, here. Justin's ordering lunch, aren't you? Yeah, he just delivered this thing. Here yeah. comes our lead guide, Matthias Reinhardt. <laughs> So there we go. Now, now the board is full. So, um, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us today, folks. We have uh, kind of been doing a little uh, few segments on travel. So, uh, I believe we've had an episode where we talked about Patagonia and uh, the trip Bobby and I took there last year uh, with Alan Quintro fly fishing. Um, and we also last year went to Slovenia. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, but what else y'all want to talk about? We got NASCAR coming up. <laughs> I mean, it's Super Bowl football. NFL's over, so that means it's Daytona. It's ACC basketball. Oh, oh that stuff yeah. sucks. That too. Did you see my text last night? Chapel Hill lost. <laughs> no, she didn't say UNC. You said Chapel Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, UFC starting to ramp back up. We got UFC go, 300 UFC. Ready. Yeah, this is like our time of year that we really start watching the fights. What's UFC? Again. Ultimate Fighter <laughs> Championships. Now nah, we've we followed that. We actually went to one live in Charlotte um, a few years ago. That's cool. Did you get a little blood splattered on you? No, we uh, <laughs> we had really good. I figured seats. you got enough of that as a cop. Yeah. Hey yeah. Dale, look at this behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sexy and I know it. I can't see it. Uh, <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> So it's a little shop fun there, uh, <coughs> yeah. Good stuff coming. So, hey, did, y- did y'all watch any of the the live odds on any of the Super Bowl bets? No. So, mm-hmm. I, I've never sport betted. Yeah, never, I never have either. Um, but I tried one time on the Kentucky Derby, and North Carolina wouldn't let me. Apparently, so it, it North. Us. So one of the big ads this year on ESPN Plus during watching uh, the fights and stuff is DraftKings has added North Carolina to their list. Yeah, I saw they passed legal. the legislation, yeah. yeah. So, I was kind of watching, you know, just some of the live odds and stuff, and there was a guy, one one story that I saw yesterday, he made a bet back in October. He made a $5 three-leg parlay bet that, like, uh, the Lakers would win in playoffs, the Rangers would win the uh, World Series, and then that the – uh, Chiefs would beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So, obviously, the Super Bowl was the last piece of that parlay for him to win. He won $12,000, over $12,000 on a $5 parlay bet. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, I don't condone gambling, but if you don't want to. But it, it was pretty neat to watch some of the live odds and statistics that come out of it, just talking about sports and basketball and everything. Like, people so, bet on the I saw some toss. video of Dave Portnoy losing, like, $10,000 because he – 
bet on the coin toss. Yeah, that's what uh, I was watching. They bet on dude. everything, man. That is signs of a problem. This dude bet like a grand on the coin toss, which is 50-50 odds, but, I mean, yeah. they'll bet on literally. One of the but bets you, was. Is it, though? You don't know the weight of the coin or. No. I mean, that all plays into it. But one of the bets was uh, uh, Purdy, the quarterback for San Francisco, to have plus 12 and a half rushing yards. And going into the fourth, he had 13, and he kneeled on the ball. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And it was minus one, so they ended up losing their bet. Because he, he went to – he lost a yard, so it ended up being 12 yards instead of 12, 13. It's pretty funny. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. There you go. That's how it, how it works. What do you think, Anthony? I think something with uh, them not allowing them to kick that extra point at the end. Yeah. Which yeah, really messed up a lot of odds. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it messes oh, up the score. I didn't know that. Yeah. I went to bed. When they scored, they just wa- everybody walked off the field. Usually, yeah, you automatically won right yeah, there. Usually, they'll kick the extra point just because that's what the rules say. But, yeah, but I guess everybody lost their minds, ran out on the field, so they just called it. Well, there was no need for the extra point because well, yeah, but they, they had already won. But don't they usually? I hadn't kick thought about that. Even? That extra point would have made a difference yeah. in people's bets. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's the Chiefs to win like plus four. It was the difference in plus four versus plus three. Is it legal for us to start betting on how many fish people catch? Ooh. Like, start putting numbers Dude, up? I've like, had I bet we'll catch over-unders 23 today, guys. <laughs> well, I've had people, like, people get very competitive, especially bros that go fishing, you know. And, um, you know, they'll do little side bets like, hey, you owe me a beer, you owe me dinner, or I've seen actual money put down yeah. of, like, who's going to catch the most. But it's it's funny. I mean, I just I find it interesting. I. We've had some bets before. There was one year we went to Montana, me, With you, Justin and Buck. Buck. Yeah, Buck we and bet Justin. the dinner. We it was like a four hundred dollar dinner. It was who was going to pay, whoever caught the most fish. Somehow we caught the most fish, but we bought dinner. No, we tied. Remember? Oh, we had the exact same number as they did, so we just split the dinner. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like betting. It causes me anxiety. I like to gamble. I can see you on a ball game that you're not interested in or any event that you're not – how it maybe makes that event more exciting. So, with the you draft, got some, yeah. something on the line a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I mean, with like DraftKings, um, you, you can put as much money or as little money as you want up. So, I mean, it's not like you're having to bet hundreds of dollars. Like, you yeah. can go bet $5 if you want to. Can you imagine if people started betting on like these fly fishing comps? Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like total fish count – 500 centimeters or more. Over, under, missed fish. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? How many times will he fall in the stream today? <laughs> I took that bet rolling down the river. <laughs> See that guy coming off the bank. He's like, I bet he's going wet. He's getting wet. I mean, they bet on everything else. Yeah, they literally, yeah. I mean, everything, I'm in a coin toss. Every sporting event has got some kind of, you know. Live odds. Yeah, yeah. That's it. There's a lot of money. In it. How many times will he change his flies today? What's How, the over, under on that? Yeah, how's the algorithm going to? Figure that out. Yeah. So they can figure the odds. Well, it's just like fights, you know, watching fights. You know, they put their odds up on the screen at the beginning of the fight. Yeah, he's a plus 1,200 favorite, you know, so you've got to bet that much money to win a dollar. And Do you think this, with the expanded sports betting, takes away the uh, aura to Vegas? Oh, because like, like I mean, yeah, I mean, the every, draw. Yeah, of Vegas. like you can yeah. you can sports bet from your living room now. You don't need to go to Vegas. I think Vegas will always be Vegas just because of the casinos and the history. Just the entertainment of it. Yeah. factor mm-hmm. too. There's a lot of and entertainment, not just. I've betting. never been. I want to go. I would love to go to Vegas for the sole purpose of going to see a fight. Uh, I think it would be really cool to go watch mm-hmm. a prize fight in Vegas. Because I mean, it's just part you can of do Vegas that at O'Malley's history. any weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen plenty of those. Been, I mean, we start to odds been, on them. Been involved directly or indirectly. Um, uh, There's just something about when we went to Charlotte and watched those fights, man. It was, it was interesting. But we got there for like the undercard, like the early prelims, like the people that aren't even televised. And those yeah. are those are some of the best fights. And there's if it was fishing, I'd want to be the undercard guy. Yeah, no expectations. Yeah, if you five dollar bet. Yeah, if you do good, it's automatically good to go. <laughs> if I catch a stud, I just made somebody rich. <laughs> well, now so, that I know I can bet, I'm betting on the Kentucky Derby this year. Yeah, yeah. I'd have won money that year. 
I, I picked the winner. Did I wouldn't want to want because it was like two to one odds. Well, I was going to uh, say, was it the eighty-one to one odds? Uh, no, it wasn't a big, big odd. It was like the guy that was like had the like second or third guaranteed. best or worst odds, I should say. Yeah, I picked. So, well, so talking about you know Vegas and travel and all that, I mean, I, I think that's a good segue into what you guys done. I, I didn't get to go on that trip. I've never been to Europe. Uh, well, yeah, so. 2023 was sort of a focus uh, for Bobby and I to expand um, our travel offerings. Uh, so, you know, we scouted uh, Southern Argentina with Ellen Quintro fly fishing. Our good buddy Steve Hoovler with Big Sky Anglers uh, helped make that connection. Um, and we got had a great time, got back from that, um, <coughs> kind of learned the lay of the land, and we offered that for this year. And in a couple of weeks, we're, we're taking a crew down there, uh, some folks, uh, some customers down. And then we've already got those dates on the books for 2025. Uh, also, so the second place Bobby and I checked out, and this was at Anthony's highly, highly recommended urge to go. Um, he, he sold us on it. He, he said, you guys have got to check this out. And you, you worked us uh, for six months or so. I yeah. mean – from the time we interviewed you, you mentioned it then, and then I remember at the Christmas party, you were like, we need to get serious about this. So, Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever went, it it's something, it's a place that gets in your blood. It's, I don't know, it's kind of a mix between Narnia and Jurassic Park. <laughs> Narnia. Uh, Sounds mystical. It's, it's magical. The color of the water, the mountains, it's all granite and limestone. Uh, I don't know. It's just something about it. So the the first the first thing when Anthony approached me about going to Slovenia to fly fish, you know, as a as a former history teacher, you know, historical events come to mind. You know, right. World War One. Um, you know, obviously they were swallowed up in a lot of European stuff with World War Two, and then the Soviet bloc. Um, so my thoughts went to, well, where exactly is this place? So where are we sitting? Where, where, tell us where Slovenia is. So if you go up the Adriatic Sea, which is the eastern coast of Italy, all the way up to the head of it, it's the northeast corner of the Adriatic. They've got a little piece of shoreline right there. Yes. They don't have much shore, but no. It's it's a little little slow. I mean, where we were, we were two hours from Venice, Italy. So if that gives anybody. So if you're looking at a map, it's the top right of the boot. Yep, across the across the bay, just above the calf on the right side. (laughs) What borders Slovenia besides Italy? Austria to the north, Croatia to the south. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 was it was interesting to research this trip once we decided. Yeah, all right, let's go. There's not a lot out there. Mm-mm. I mean, there was some there was some videos on YouTube that were really weird that mm-hmm. showed some knights walking up yeah. on the river. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Was that your friends? No, uh, I don't know who that was. They tried to put a storyline with it where it was guys dressed up in armor and medieval gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna fight for a marble trout. <laughs> yeah, that was Whatever. what it was. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was a really that. It was like Matt seen it. It's bad. It was yeah. a really well done video, yeah. actually. I mean, they tried, and <laughs> you know, different strokes for different they folks. Tried. So yeah. some people might have been like, "Yes, that's that's awesome." <laughs> so, um, but no, you know, going there, I, I I couldn't have felt more safe. I mean, yeah. it it's Central Europe. It's not Eastern Europe. It's it is former Yugoslavia, <laughs> um, but it is um, it, it's a long ways from anything going on in Eastern Europe. It was super conflict. clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. no trash on the side of the yeah. roads, no graffiti, at least everywhere we went. I'm not saying there's not some, but, man, even, like, Ljubljana, we, we just saw the outskirts because of the – we didn't, like, go through downtown and stuff. Can you spell Ljubljana? I know it's LJ. <laughs> and when you type in LJ, Ljubljana pops up. up. It's, like, the only word in the English language that would pop up that way. But, uh, yeah, even, like, the main capital there, it was – what we saw of it was clean. and It's not a big place, is it? Like, no, it's a small country. country. I mean, I mean it's, it's – it might be the size of South Carolina, maybe a little bigger. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, exactly. Italy's the size of Georgia and Florida. Yeah. So it's like. So it's the guy that met us that day small. to fish with us, he drove three hours that day, that morning to fish with us, and he was 
<laughs> on the that, other side of the country. He was on the other side of the capital, yeah. Capital. He was an hour and a half from Ljubljana, and then we were an hour and a half from Ljubljana. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he pretty much crossed the country that day. To, that's, that's crazy when you start thinking about, okay, yeah, most of Europe fits inside of Texas. Yeah, yeah. Europe's <laughs> definitely. Most countries are small. Well, I, I read something the other day that the, they done a survey of what people from Europe who visit the U.S., what surprises them the most. And um, there was some folks from Europe that had came over to visit family that had transplanted, and they were like, what do you want to do today? And they're like, oh, we want to do a day trip to L.A. <laughs> and it's like, you do realize that's like two days worth of driving <laughs> to get across the country. Via Omaha. Yeah. They're like two days, and one day we're in France. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, honestly, that's how they think, yeah. you know. And I think one thing that, you know, when y'all came back, I got to watch a lot of the video and stuff. And obviously, Anthony and I have fished together, and we've talked about his time in Europe. And, you know, he spent a lot of time over there. And uh, he, it, we were talking at lunch, and he's like, man, I feel like I oversell it sometimes. But you can see how passionate mm-hmm. he is about fishing that area and it, it really rubs off on you wanting to go see it and try it yeah it was interesting to see the sites of patagonia in um when would it go april into march april yeah, yeah last year and then two months later and so they're almost side by side to go to slovenia and like patagonia is beautiful but like when you see that emerald water i mean yeah, you whatever just, you call it emerald whatever that is it just makes aquamarine Narnia water. This is a good time to mention that we do have a YouTube video up on yes. our YouTube channel right now of the trip. So if you want to see the water, go check out that YouTube. And video. you see that water for the first time, and it it just takes you. It's wow, you know. It, it looks like it's in the Caribbean. It I does. Think you said that. Yeah, it's like catching trout in the Caribbean yeah. colored water. Like that's what it looks there, like. There's a release of a rainbow I've got on in that video that Bobby was talking about on YouTube, and it's an underwater release. And it, you'd think I was holding a. Could be holding a bonefish, yeah. but it's a rainbow trout. So, it's it's glacial water, mostly, right? Yep. For and, the socha, I guess. Yeah, and limestone and granite. So yeah, so that helps with the color. Yep. So, it's just like really, really clean water coming up and feeding these tributaries. It is, and when it gets blowed out, what they call blowed out, it turns gray. Yeah, it's like a chalk like kind of gray. It's not muddy like we call blowed out here. Yeah. It's like a gray, light gray color. Yeah. Does the water levels fluctuate a lot there? <coughs> no. Do they have like a much. rainy season that just absolutely just decimates them? Yeah, or? I think it's similar to here. You know, late fall, early spring, it can dump on them. The summers are not really wet from what I remember. But What's the climate like? Uh, it's a little warmer than here, you know. Yeah. I got a little bit of that Mediterranean climate. Okay. Know, a little bit. But they do have some big mountains, so, I mean – it's yeah, mountainous. 9,000 feet, I yeah. think. You're at the eastern the, end of the Alps. It's like a mix of the Appalachian Mountains and the Rocky Where we mountains. mainly fished, it really does, like, just the mountains look very similar to western North Carolina. Now, if yeah. you drive towards the Italian well, they, border, that's when you start seeing the yeah. nine and 10,000 foot yeah. peaks and stuff. So that's but, the Alps, right? Yeah. My son's reading about uh, World War One right now, and we were talking about, I was like, hey, man, you know, where we were, 1.7 million people died in that valley, Socha Valley. Yeah, that crazy. Is, that was up uh, towards the upper end of the Tolmenko. We never did go up there. Yeah. We drove up to that uh, that church where they had the memorial for, yeah, all, for the the, Italian soldiers. all the Italian soldiers that yeah. had died. Yeah. It was. But there's a bunker system up there that me and a buddy of mine found one year, and it goes down like three stories underground. And we will not be doing that on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy. Really, really, yeah. really creepy. I bet so. Is it not I, like, I mean, it was cool to see some of the bunkers. Like, you're driving around, and you're like, that's a bunker. No, this like, was like, had train cars connected on underground. Oh. It had stables. and Wow. It's crazy offices. that all this stuff. It, it so was nuts. Was that like a national park for them, or was that just something you that stumbled was on, upon in the woods? Just something I came across in the woods. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think that stuff's all over. I here, love you know? that stuff. Especially yeah. where... It was like the big bridge right there near where we stay. You could tell that they'd blown that bridge up because it was all stone uh-huh. until the center section, and that was metal. Yeah, and they blew like, it. Yeah. it. It was modern, yeah, from where they probably blown. And who it knows through. who blew it? I mean, it, yeah, it could have been Allies, Nazis in retreat, been, yeah. or yeah. I think it was one of the bloodiest battles in World War One. Was I mean, in that upper upper. Ovec, yeah, yeah. One point seven million is a lot. Of That's people. a lot of people. That's a lot. That's a lot of bloodshed. Oh well, it's amazing. 
what nature has done in 115 years. Oh, it reclines. You know? I mean, because it, it, you'd never know all that happened, obviously. Um, but but the beauty is is incredible. And then finally, you know, the fishing. Um, tell us a little bit about the fishing, Anthony. What are you, what's, what's your assessment on that? Yeah, so while I was still in the Army, I knew I was going to get out and start guiding. And I was in Germany, stationed there for the last four years of my career. I knew I was going to be guiding, so I come up with a plan of how I'm going to scout all these places in Europe to bring people back to fish there. And the first place I went was Slovenia, and I never went anywhere else. Oh, really? Like, I had a plan to go to <laughs> up in Scandinavia and Estonia and Iceland and England and Germany. I was going to go to all these places. But I went to Slovenia, and then I didn't have any urge to go anywhere else really? because it was – I don't know. I've just never seen anything like it. Yeah. Uh, and the fishing's good. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, what style of fishing are you doing out there mostly? It's sight fishing. Yeah. You know, we don't fish the same. If you get it like we do here, you get in the water and you fish upstream. Right. And you just keep fishing upstream and you pick every rock. It's not really like that because, I mean, you're kind of wasting your time because you can see, I don't know, 12 foot probably. Mm-hmm. Deep. That's some good of the, visibility. Yeah, some of the deeper holes are they just get blue. You yeah. Can't well, see. what's crazy <laughs> is it looks like it's three feet deep, you yeah. and then you step and in and you're, you're at your chest waders, yeah. and it's like, oh, let me get back. Yeah, about face. Yeah. That day, me and you waded up the Socha. <laughs> I felt like I was a kid, man, because yeah. we were just like neck deep in some of those holes, yeah. going through them. Yeah. Well, and around in the current, it, it, was, it did help. Then it was June. It did. Right. Yeah. It, it was June, late June. Yeah, it was late so June. So the water was a little warmer and more tolerable for that um, to where you basically were swimming. I remember Bobby came back. He's like, man, we were like just bobbing up and down in the we water. We were. It was just like, <laughs> oh, I got rolled again. A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> swim across. That's great. awesome. Um, you know, when, when you talk about um, how the fishing is, I hear you say it's good, and it is good. But for me personally – and like I said, I'm that undercard guy, yeah. right? I don't I don't claim to be the best angler in the world by any means. I I don't get to do this as often as I wish. I got my butt kicked. I mean, it, it's they're there, the fish are there, but it was it was hard too. Would you describe it like technical or just I, different than what you're used to? So I don't know. A little do bit think? of both. Yeah, it's sight fishing is different because if you can't hit a pie plate. You're what are your sight fishing, but you can't hit to get it the your fly in front of the fish. Uh, that makes it way more difficult. Yeah. yeah. Well, then we would see, you know, if if you know every tenth cast I did get it on the pie plate. Yeah. The fish would see the fly. He'd swim over, look at it, and mm -hmm. swim away from it. And the guide would say, "All right, change that fly." Yeah. Yeah. It whereas here, it's like. Well, we're going to keep using that girdle bug until something eats. It's a war of attrition here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, you know, Lawrence that day, he must have tied, I don't know, 45 different flies. Yeah. So, what what kind of fly selection are you throwing? I mean, I nymphed most of it. I've streamer fished it. That's can be really A couple fun. days, all I did was throw drives with the guys. Yeah. Like, we just threw top line. I mean, we you can hit the gamut the same thing you would fish around here right but and, i mean it's just like style of fly like are you fishing like the same stuff you're fishing here prince nymphs frenchies pretty much or, yeah a lot of euro i will yeah. say the the regulations which i think we were going to touch on this uh -huh. make it harder because like you can't do indicators and you can't it's a single fly only so you can't have like a point fly or yeah anything. didn't anthony say you couldn't use split shot either you can't use split yeah. so their flies like when they opened up their nymph box i mean the beads on these things mm -hmm. are massive it's not yeah. a 4.0 yeah it's like it's like a 4.8 5.5 or yeah. something yeah. Yeah. it is crazy big and so if you don't have those like it's hard to get the fly down in some of these areas like if you're nymphing. yeah whereas we stack two flies to get it down that deep you mm -hmm. can't do you can that. put a heavy fly and yeah. a light fly and get where you want yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely i think the regulations make it more purist and more technical because of that because you can't do things that we can do here it, yeah. it took me back to my roots when i started fly fishing here in college at wcu when i would fish the tuck with nymphs we didn't have that i knew of in 2001 indicators there might have been, but we didn't have a fly shop here to teach me. 
Um, you cast up stream and you watched it into your fly line. Yeah, poor man's indicator. And that's what I was doing again. And I was like, well, this is cool. I think you can use yeah. yarn on certain rivers, right? I think. The Socha and the Dritza and the Catch and Release area, you can use a wool indicator. A wool. But it has to be wool. Yeah. They're they're Europeans, so they have rules, and they will die on them. <laughs> so... How you know that? Don't break the rules. Hey, didn't you get a ticket once? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it's pretty easy to catch a ticket over there. Uh, We pushed the boundaries a couple times. Uh, We fished up and ended up in this big national park with these big swinging bridges and people taking pictures. And they didn't know how we got there uh, because apparently nobody had ever done that before. Wow. And then we've decided to rent a raft because you can cover 12 miles of water in a day in a raft, but you can't fish from the boat. You have to park it and get out. You got to get park it, get out, fish, get back in, go to the next hole, which is phenomenal. Like, yeah. And for some reason they never thought to do that. Like yeah. they never thought to use a raft. It just says in the rules that fishing from a boat is verboten. And that was for the lakes. You can they fish do that a, on the lake. You can right? fish in a boat on the lake, but not on the river. Yeah. So they just automatically thought that that wasn't a possibility for some reason. And the game warden that called us was looking the, like he walked around the raft a couple times looking for a trot line or some kind of thought we were dragging chicken livers <laughs> on the bottom. And we, we weren't. Do they do that in know? Europe? <laughs> I mean, that's what it looked. He kept asking us, "Where's your lines? Where's your lines?" And we said, "They're on our rods." Yeah, and uh, but no, I got a ticket for fishing an articulated streamer with the barbs not crimped. So, cut your hooks, crush your barbs, and my buddy got a t- same ticket for fishing two articulated streamers. <laughs> but now, when you say articulated, like is that double hook streamers or? Yeah, you got to clip one of the hooks, one hook, right. so one that's hook. it. No, uh, nothing else. No so, droppers. But you no. can fish like a single hook game changer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, clip the front one off. It was interesting. The streamers look different because of that. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. They fish a lot of uh, rabbit tails, bunny tails, zonker kind of. Yeah. So that's the that's kind of the fishing side of it. I mean, it's it's such an amazing well, place to fish. We could we could talk hours. Well, about one it. one thing about the fishing that we haven't touched is they've got something we don't have. Yeah. What kind of trout are we catching out there? They have the marble trout. Right. So oh, yeah. And they're native. And that's a native that's fish. That's a native species for there. So how is it a char? Is it a trout? It's a trout. Is it? Yeah, Salmonid marmorata, I guess, is the scientific name. Nice. Uh, and they get pretty big. And the I was telling them, I looked it up earlier, the record for marble trout was caught in Slovenia in 2009 at 47 inches and 49 pounds. Mm. They get big. So hook that on your seven. Well, I, I watched the video. Um that Justin edited, but me and him watched it back and forth, and uh, really good video, a lot of good footage in there, but I saw one where you stuck your finger in a marble trout's mouth to get a fly back, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you drew, back got a, teeth. drew drew a little yeah. blood. Yeah. Marble yeah. trout have teeth. Yeah. So it's kind of like the brown trout of, of your, like. Well, the brown trout is from Europe, yeah. so brown trout is Europe. So, but, so yeah. yeah. But it's like a brown trout there. The I, it's more like a bull trout from what Ooh, I understand. They're, yeah. The way they hunt, eat. Yeah, the so way they grow. Predators, yeah. Yes, yeah. they're more predators. like bull trout. They kind of have a downward facing mouth a little bit. Okay. And they, you know, they'll stick to the bottom until it's time to eat. And they're bait fish, nymphs, all of it. Some of the streamers we were throwing were like this long. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably, yeah. I'm holding up my fingers. We're not on camera, but probably eight inches, mm-hmm. ten inches, maybe. Nice. I caught mine on a nymph. A nymph. Nymph. It is beautiful fish. Uh, it was a wild oh, yeah, one that I caught. Those yellow so, fans, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. these yellow. Uh, we were up in this huge boulder field. I mean, it. Yeah, it. It. it so you're targeting. You've got rainbows, obviously. Big rainbows. Yes, and those. Those are kind of in all systems, mm-hmm. river systems. There, you've got brown trout. I didn't see. You caught a brown trout, didn't you? I did not. There's a bunch of hybrids. And then too. the hybrids. Talk about the hybrids. So the, the hybrids are a brown and a marble mix because they spawn at the same time, and sometimes they'll get mixed up. But there's a bunch of them around. What, what do they call them? Uh, uh, hybrid. Just hybrid. hybrid. Yeah. They there don't was call them like cut bows like we do. One thing. Time. One thing you told me about that hybrid 
maybe it was you or Gasper, um, was the the ratio, the genetic ratio. It's like ninety percent marble, ten percent brown, but it's like I feel like it's it's uh, what's the what's the movie with the Wolverine? X Men. X Men. It's like X Men <laughs> fish. That's what I think of them things like because they are just man. They fight. They pull. Yeah. When you spook one, I mean they are gone. They are. Yeah. Shannon says eighty eight out the gate. Yeah, and they have teeth. And they have teeth. <laughs> yeah. Remember Gasper? I got to stick my finger in his fish. He's like, no, 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 That's why I have chomps. Yeah, that was a great video. He wouldn't let go of me either. Couple choice words were said. Yeah, check it out in our video for sure. That's a great moment. Talking about the video, what blew my mind, and I think it got sent out before we ever y'all ever got back, was that rainbow you caught. Yeah, that was a unit of a fish. That's a big thirty-two inch. It's the biggest fish I've ever caught. That was, that was a massive. It's look, on the video. The look on your face. Uh, yeah, it's it was so just, authentic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That laugh when he picked it up. Pure joy. Yeah. That was great. That was a big fish, man. It was fun. I was so happy I was there to film that. Yeah. So, y'all started screaming after you hooked it and we, it looked like no rainbow I'd ever seen here. It was dark. It was, it was yeah, very uh, dark. Really dark. We, so we had all ate lunch that day yeah, for together. Four, four we, hours. We took a long lunch during the heat of the day. To, and then it, some cloud cover came back over. And then we walked out on this bridge, and there's a bunch of fish. And y'all were like, yeah, we're going to go fish right there. And I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds good. And then me and my guide, we ride 45 minutes out of town. I'm yeah. like, well, in America, we say, don't leave, don't leave fish, fish to find <laughs> fish. <laughs> but he, Lawrence took us right to a pool, and it was loaded. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, hey, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about some lodging. All right, y'all. Next time you're browsing online for gear, be sure to bookmark FlyShopUSA.com. Whether you're looking for waders, boots, or any fly fishing need, you can find it with FlyShopUSA.com. Don't forget to grab your favorite Tuck Fly Shop logo gear. If it's in Tuck Fly Shop, you'll find it on FlyShopUSA.com. So real quick before we get to the lodging, I... uh I wanted to say something about the that big fish Anthony caught. So we're standing on the bridge, and while we were at lunch, there were some Italian guys that were eating at the same plot, s- spot we were. And I don't know if they knew our guides. I think they did. It seemed like it. it it's so hard because they're speaking English to us, then they're speaking to – what do they speak? They're speaking Italian. Italian. Well, no, it's like what do they speak to each other in Slovenia? Slo- Slovene. It's Slovene. Yeah. And then they're speaking Italian to the Italian guys, and it's like three languages going around, and they're telling us what they're saying. Anyways, we go to that bridge – where we think we're going to fish. Well, the Italian guys were already there, and they were fishing just downstream of the bridge. And so our guides, you know, talked to them a little bit, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So they let us fish above them the way they were moving. And then they were just above Anthony when he hooked that big fish. Yeah, they had thrown. We sat there and watched whenever you went away with Gasper. Yeah. Me and Bastian sat right there and watched this guy throw three or four different dry flies to this fish. And he was set up on him perfect, and he got super nice drifts right over the top of him, and the fish didn't even move. So finally, he gets out and walks away, and I put one cast in front of him, and he ate a nymph, and it was game over from there. That's awesome. Yeah. What size tippet were you fishing? Six. Six So you landed a 32-inch rainbow on six eggs. That just goes to show you, like, Somehow he got lucky. That fish, it I don't know was, if it's in the video on YouTube. It was it's, weird. It swam right into the net. It was weird. I was looking at the guides like, mm, okay. It went back them. and forth a couple <laughs> times, and he had to walk out and walk back. I mean, it took a couple minutes by the time it was all said and done. But Gasper put the net in the water and just had uh-huh. it, like, in the water, and the fish just, like, swam straight into yeah, it. Yeah, they set up an L shape yeah. on it and had one guy downstream and one guy flanked it right in front of me. And they were moving around trying to get him, you know, cornered. And the fish took off and swam about 15 foot upstream and then stopped and turned around and swam right, right back in the net. <laughs> well, you think about that big of a fish, how much, how fast <laughs> lactic acid would build up, yeah. you know, and, and run out of oxygen yeah. essentially. Because it wasn't like strong whitewater where you were. No, it was mm-hmm. pretty slow. So, I mean, I think a fish could run out of energy quick that way. Um, and he dug hard. Like he yeah. was, he was churning up gravel trying to get that fly out of his mouth and, before he turned around and came back. but So the waiting, 
That's one thing we should probably touch on. Oh, it's slick. There's some slick rocks yeah, in that place. Slickest. The yeah. Dresa, whenever we were there, that's the slickest. I think that's the slickest place I've ever waited yeah. in my life. You, you might want to wait in it staff. It is slick. Treacherous. Yeah. I thought the um, – so I had the Orvis Pro, high, Pro Boot, and I did put studs in them for this mm-hmm. trip because we had heard it was going to be pretty slick. I thought they held up great. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember which boot I took. If I had the Sims boots or the I can't remember Orvis boots. I can't remember what I took. I know which ones Anthony had. Yeah, I blew had the foot my, tractors. I blew my Patagonias out there. Ah, the but it was slick. Busted. That first day where we fished, that was the slickest I've ever been on. Yeah, it was. It was hard. That was on the Adresia. So if you're yeah. going felt and studs, yeah, they allow felt studs. Yeah, studs yeah. and felt is what I'm going back with. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. there you go. <laughs> Do what your guide does. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about lodging. Yeah. So. Um, so I was super impressed with I, – I didn't really know what to expect with the lodging. Um, you know, we drove across this one-lane bridge to what felt like a one-lane road, but it was two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we pulled up this place, and it kind of had like a little castle look to mm-hmm. it, like a turret at the top or something. Um. But it's it's Mate mm-hmm. Grosian. Grosian, I think. And his family. And literally his wife and kids yep. run it and work it. Um and it's what, ten rooms, twelve rooms? I don't even know. But, I mean it's, it's three stories, three right? Three stories, three stories with probably yeah. six or seven rooms or yeah. so. Yeah, it's probably fifteen rooms or so. But I mean, yeah, they run this thing and this is I, I was super impressed with it. So and again, man, the food was yeah, I great. saw some pictures of the and the food was and excellent. Well, it was a spread, yeah. and the food was was like you, you got like the one night we had schnitzel, mm-hmm. right? So you got like the Central European uh, tones, and then you'd have an Italian. And it, I guess I don't know if they do this because we're Americans; they feed us two entrees. No, that's generally how it is. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. You got a little bit. How of are Europeans Europe. not fatter than us? <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't y'all have like chicken one night too? We chicken had wings. Chicken. Yeah. We had, yeah, that's what I said. It was kind of like you had a little French in it, a little German in it, a little Italian in it, a little bit of. Uh, yeah, kinda, See, that's, that's kind of neat though that you go yeah. and you get like that experience. Like you get a little bit of everything. Well, and I think the food really reflects the cultures that come through there for fishing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there were Austrians there fishing. There were Italians. Um, this is where. Um, any of the competition gurus in Europe come to sharpen their teeth, really. I yeah. mean, they, they come camp out there. So well, It is called European Memphis. It is. So, um, so yeah, I, I, the, the lodging, um, you know, for the trip is based on double occupancy. The rooms were two-story. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's stairs in the rooms. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and so you had, like, a little TV and couch downstairs and the beds upstairs. Um Personally, I thought the beds were pretty stiff, but I slept. I slept great. Fantastic. But yeah. the first time I laid on, I was like, oh, this is a stiff <laughs> mattress. But I think that's a Europe thing. Yeah, I, and you, I slept think? fine. Yeah, and you're not going to get a queen size bed. Yeah, you know, it's either. Two, it's like two double beds. Yeah, yeah me and Bobby twins were pulling or, our beds yeah, together. Twins, sorry. Or two twins yeah. pushed together if you want a king, right. if you're a married yeah. couple or yeah. something like there, that. There is an option on this trip for single occupancy. So you can you can take a look at the, the website for more information on that. Um, but yeah, the food um, for 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 this trip, all your food is included with the lodging. Um, the lunches were were pretty much just salted meat and cheese on on some sandwiches and some fruits, and you're good to go. When you're fishing hard, you're not really thinking about eating yeah, anyway. Yeah. This we food, eat out every day. It, well, that's, yeah. that's true. Let's. I mean, we can talk about that too because. That was a we really cool piece of it. Well, we were there in June, so you guys are going in April this year, the mm-hmm. trip for this year. So it's like, I don't know if they're going to have to take a three-hour lunch break to let the water cool back down. But that's, you know, some of the restaurants we ate at were fantastic. The pizza so. was amazing. The pizza mm-hmm. was good. Tolminka. Yeah. yeah. That Tolminka. Sour cream and oh, that's ham. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, lunch, you might be out and you might buy lunch um, yourself, you know, depending on what you want or whatnot or – you can grab some stuff from the hotel on your way out that morning when they've got breakfast and stuff and have, like Dale said, like a little sandwichy thing. Or I guess you guys stopped at a store one day and grabbed a few things, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And yeah. Just ate right there stream side. And yeah. So it just kind of varies, I think, on the day-to-day, where you're fishing, what you're doing. Like the day you caught that big fish, 
we were right in the middle of town fishing, so it was like, why not go up to a restaurant yeah. and eat? Yeah. You know, we're right here. And that's and when you when you said it was a lot like here, uh, it because you could fish right in town. Yeah. Or you could drive fifteen minutes and be in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I it was think good. I think for for de- fly fishing destination travel, getting to experience the culture to me is just as exciting as the fishing. Maybe more. Yeah, I enjoy the seeing everything. Yeah, fishing's fun, but the food yeah. is a huge part of it for me. The uh, wine, the wine was gosh, man, it's so good. The Slovenes, Slovene, they are the Italian fantastic wines. winemakers. All uh, that man. And so every night we had sl- wine from Slovenia. Then we um, get one from Italy. Yeah, and then one that he picked. Yeah. We always do every night. So we went through three bottles of wine every night. Yep. So, um, the so yeah, the lodging uh, hotel Zlata Rebecca is the name of it, and I didn't know until Mark left his cell phone at the coffee shop, <laughs> <laughs> and we had to go back. and I called the coffee shop, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're the Americans." <laughs> and this guy was Albanian running the coffee <laughs> shop, so um, he he held Mark's phone and he said, "Oh, you you stay." At, Zlata Rubica. And he's like, and we said, yeah, well, you know Mate. He's like, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, the golden fish. And that's what it stands for is the golden fish. So, or I guess the translation not stands for. But I thought that was cool. Yeah. Another cultural experience you'll find there is you're going to run into people fishing, right? So here, if I see somebody fishing a hole, I'm going to go out and give him a certain stretch of water and then get back in you know, common yeah. etiquette around here, unless yeah, yeah. you're down here at Webster. <laughs> but it could be, it could feel like that because they don't, they don't have the same rules over there. So you may have an Italian, you may be fishing in a hole, and I think Italians are the worst. No knock on them. That's just what they know. But he may come up and fish right beside you mm. or right above you. Or, yeah. you know, so you'll see people on the water and don't expect them to. Yeah, yeah. Abide and you're not gonna be able to argue with him because you're not gonna be able to speak Italian. Most people, right. so. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like out west. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah, out west. You know, the rule is if you look left and right and see somebody, you don't fish. Right. Uh. You know, um, here it's a little bit different. We don't have that much grace period or grace range to give. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we never had that happen to us. I didn't feel like though. Well, the time we, we didn't were really there, see that many, there weren't people. many people. Fishing. I mean, they, almost we everybody out. that was staying at the place with us were fishing. So yeah, the like, hotel caters to fishing. Yeah. So, but mean, we never saw those guys. Everybody kind of went yeah. their own way. I thought it was awesome. They had a uh, like a little garage room set up mm-hmm. for hanging waders to dry and, yeah. and keeping your boots in. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Kind of like a uh, you know the clubhouse at the golf course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it was, that was yeah. that was really neat. Um, we had some people walk up on us one time because Europe was getting ready. You know, the holiday. And some some countries had already started their holiday, so we were seeing some families coming in on the Socha, um, some whitewater rafters, mm-hmm. things like yeah, that. Yeah, there was some kayaking, um, and swimming, and but there were there were some people fishing, and and you know, the clubs over there manage these streams. Am I right on that? Right. So when you buy a fishing license, you're not paying the government; you're paying the fishing club. Yeah. So they could kind of tell. I could. The God could tell that they they did not pay their dues. And I think he called Gasper and he called somebody yeah. and somebody came yeah. eventually. So they're they're pretty strict on that yeah. stuff. That is something to touch on those the fishing license that how it kinda works. Because they are more expensive than what they are here. Yeah. Like, it's definitely more expensive. And that's um, not included in the in the cost of the trip. That's something that you have to kinda factor because in. Because we don't know where you're going every day. Yeah. That's why. And that's yeah, so there's a 90 euro per day for the trophy section, which is up around that big industry pool where mm-hmm. we hung out a couple of days up in that there are area. Big fish there. Oh yeah. my goodness. Big hybrids. Yeah. And then it's, uh, how much did I say? 320 euros for five day permit. Yeah. Which is like $342. Yeah. And basically mm-hmm. like 60 bucks a day. Pretty much. That's about what it was yeah. other than the yeah. trophy day. It was like 60 some bucks a day. Yeah. Um, I mean, or 60 euro a day or whatever it was. Because uh, we didn't buy the five-day because we didn't know what we were going to do every day. Right. So we just bought it every morning. But that big rainbow came from the trophy section. It yes. did. So uh, it's, wor- it's worth the money Yeah, to go do it I in mean, a couple days. Yeah, It's worth the fish the trophy section. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And we didn't even get. It's worth it for the, the pizza. Yeah, we know. In the upper section, it's kind of like, it's way smaller, but 
there are no rainbows up there. It's all marbles. So, so one reason we we scheduled this trip when we did for the month of April, um, we we scouted this in June, and um, talk to us about the fishing season there and why April is a good month to be there. I mean, I think they close it for the spawning. They the rainbows will spawn in the spring and the browns and the marbles are fall. Yeah. Spawners, I believe. So they close it right? year so, they close it like was it like late September? Last day of October through the first day of April. Yeah. I believe is the so they've not been so fished it's, for it's six months. Like yeah. Completely fish. the locals can't even fish. Yeah. So the season so those fish is have closed. not been touched. Right. So low pressure is what we're shooting for right. on this trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, which should help the hookup rates. Ah, big dumb fish are always fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, educated. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize they shut the season down like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, it seems like their man their management does not mean stock the river like it does here. Right. They do stock fish though, don't they? Yeah. yeah, they've been stalking rainbows for, yeah, I don't know, it's like the 20s, I think. But I feel now, like when for, you say they, you were talking about the, the license fee goes to fishing clubs. Yeah, the clubs right? are stocking. Are they the ones that are responsible for the stocking? Yeah, so they yeah. all that money goes to fund the hatchery, basically, and mm. pay the game warden. The game wardens are not state guys. They are they work for the club. Yeah, It's my understanding. Are they law enforcement over there? I well, mean, that one guy, that one guy that walked up on us, he didn't seem too much like Raw. He was super nice because we weren't breaking the rules. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that day that we were, I got a three hundred euro ticket on but, the spot, and he offered to take me to the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. like old school when it here. Yeah, like you want to pay the fine now or later. Yeah, <laughs> there's something I was going to ask you. In North Carolina, it seems like management to the ones that make the rules is just stocking. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. make they don't make wildlife rules based on science or what the fish are actually yeah. doing. Like when I asked why do we close the month of March on hatchery supported streams, it wasn't because the rainbows are spawning. Right. It's because it gives us an opening day in April. Yeah. I mean, and it gives it hype. I yeah. Mean, that's all that's, it is. Yeah. And sales permits. Yeah. So I, I I wish we were a little more like Europe in that sense, where our fishing regulations actually matched what's going on in the water. Well, Logan and I had this conversation yesterday talking about regulations and shutting stuff down. Or <clears throat> I think as a whole, North Carolina does a decent job. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing we lack is we have these delayed harvest areas. And it's awesome. Jackson County has some really good delayed harvest water lengthwise. Swain County does as well. Haywood, man, we went up and fished that DH yesterday. And that place is a fish desert right now. Yeah. I mean, it just got, like, I stood on Stillbridge and looked down, and I couldn't spot a fish. Mm -hmm. And that's unheard of up there. And what has happened when we had low water conditions, it pushed everybody to one stretch of water that's about a mile long. Mm -hmm. And it just gets railed. I mean, just over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And we need a longer DH in that mm. section, yeah. you know. And I feel like we could do a better job with our management as far as fish go, yeah. um, whether it's shutting certain well, streams down at certain times yeah. of year or, you know, giving people more recourse to go different places. Well, you know, part of it is, you know, with this idea, and this, this kind of digresses certainly, but, you know, American exceptionalism where we've got it right. And this trip showed me that there are some things we do right, but there's things that Europe does that maybe we should consider. Yeah, and I mean, fishing it, regulations, just, just driving around, just like driving. certain certain traffic stuff. I mean, yeah. all that the roundabout, right? Yeah. Came from Europe. It seems like at least in Christmas uh, was a European vacation was the first time I saw a roundabout. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you only know what you know. Yeah, so that's I, right. For here, I know that I'm on the water a lot guiding or fishing and guess how many times i've been checked by a game warden once none you ain't fishing with me zero because <laughs> i get checked. checked every time i've been checked zero times really fishing. zero time i spent a lot of time on the water I do too. Yeah. okay so i go to slovenia guess how many times i've been checked over there every time i've went yeah. i've had a game warden come up to yeah. me. yeah 
It's crazy because so, I'm the same way. I've been checked once in North Carolina yeah. my entire life. Yeah. And I've had a lifetime license. So compare the fishing over there to how it that, is here. There must just be something about me that looks suspect. I go to Patagonia. I got checked yeah. in Patagonia. Yeah. I go to Sylvania. I got, we got, yeah. that guy didn't check us, but he came down to talk and I think he knew that no, we were on the guy. Did you show him? Yeah. I didn't have to show him mine. No, I, he never, him I guess mine. when you showed him his, you knew we were good. Well, when we went duck hunting well, down on the coast, that's the first yeah. time I'd ever been checked by a game warden in the state of North Carolina. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, don't get me started. Well, so um, <laughs> we need more game. But They're to that, more. you see a lot of people out breaking the rules here, right? Whereas in Europe, it sounds like you don't have that. Well, they're issue. not that. They don't live or they get on caught. the wild side like we do. Yeah, uh, it happens. So <laughs> freedom. This trip is coming up April seventeenth through the twenty third. Are lodge dates. Your travel ends up being basically the sixteenth, and you land back in America on the twenty fourth of april um so we do have room on this trip for more folks to go so if you're hearing this and uh you want to go um right now we're sitting this is middle february so we're about 45 days out uh so there's still time to book this and get your flight and we'd love to have you be a part of this cost is four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars for double occupancy for double occupancy and the cost on the single occupancy is just another five hundred dollars um, the, the flights are really considerable, are, are really, you know, not reasonable, reasonable. Thank you. Um, for as far as you're traveling. Right. So, um, and depending on which airline you connect, we go, it depends on whether you go through Germany or France. So you doing that upgrade to Delta one? Yeah. <laughs> no, not one. $8,000 like or whatever that, it is. For yeah. Comfort <laughs> plus. I feel <laughs> like I'm balling up there. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, it, it, it was an eight-hour flight to Paris and yeah. then two. a two-hour flight from Paris to Ljubljana. So, that's, that's it's easy bad. flying. Yeah. It really is. Um, so, definitely check out the YouTube video on our channel um, for uh, fly fishing in Slovenia. Uh, check out tuckflyshop.com slash travel for a little bit more info there as well. Um, you can also email info at Tuck Fly Shop to request more information. I got a little information packet we can send you. And Anthony's working on a read-ahead sheet. Mm-hmm. Read-ahead sheet. I like that. Is that yeah. what you call it? Read-out sheet? Yeah. Or? yeah. So. That'd be cool. Well, and while you're, on, while you're on the website, check out all the travel. Like, yeah. if you're, you know, not able to do that one, you might be able to do Wyoming we, or we've, Montana. Or, we've got Patagonia 2025 dates. We've got Wyoming on there now. Uh, we've certainly, we've got some more space for Montana this year. Um, and, uh, and then we're probably going to put together another redfish yep. trip. Um, yeah. for either late this year or maybe January of twenty five or something like that. So yeah, yeah lots of lots lots of opportunity to travel with Tuck Fly Shop. Um, Anthony, we are super thankful for pushing Bobby and myself to go over there with you. I've fallen in love with this country and I can't wait to go back personally. Um uh, but thank you for showing us this place. No problem. Yeah, I'm super interested in it now. Yeah. I've never traveled outside the U.S., and talking to Anthony's made me want to go. Absolutely. That was, man. It's fun. We cover everything you wanted to cover? I got a couple more. I was trying to figure out what people would want to know prior to the trip. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were concerned with safety. Mm. And, you know, it's far enough. You're out of indirect fire range from Ukraine. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It's a enough, long way from you. It's actually far a enough pretty good away, away where nobody's concerned with any of that that's going on. So is it safe? Yes. Europe is generally, you know, it's a pretty safe place. Yeah. Uh, what else is there close to see? I mean, like you said, you can be in Venice in two hours. Yeah, that was a cool trip. in the capital in two hours. There's plenty of stuff around. So They do some stuff up on the ski slopes, I guess. I don't know that time. But they had something yeah. going on when we were up there. Oh, yeah. It wasn't skiing, but it was like other activity. I guess it's hiking and downhill mountain biking. They might be do the downhill mountain biking if you're into that. That's I'm, I'm all about downhill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paragliding. They do oh, a lot yeah, of that's right. that. Yeah. So there is some other stuff. There's, I mean, I always think of this this trip is perfect for a couple that fish, um, which we obviously have tons of people that come in here that fish together, and, you know, yeah. their husband, wife, or whatever. And um, Man, go do this and then go spend a few days in Italy or something. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, perfect for that. Book, book in the yes. trip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question is how will I get around? So, you know, if you book through us, I'll be driving you around, taking you to the water, picking you up, getting you linked up with the guides. I'll be your chauffeur while you're over there. Uh, what language do they speak? 
like we said, about seven different ones. So <laughs> English is not a problem for anybody over there. They actually teach that in school. Like yeah. that's that's one of the things yeah. in school is that they have to learn English. Yeah. So it's yeah. actually pretty cool that they do that. Uh, what do I need to bring? The only thing I put there are spikes and felt. There's a fly shop 10 minutes away from the hotel. So it's your fly. Shout out to Gasper and Absolutely. his crew. Uh, they run a good show over there, and you can get anything you need from the shop there. Um, that's about it. Covered license, sight fishing, what species. Oh, is this a good trip for beginners? What would you say, Dale? Brand new fly fisherman, you want to brand hammer new? I don't think so. I don't, think, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. In April, it might be. In April, different. it could be. In yeah. June, it was technical. It was man. hard it was in tough. June. It was tough. I, I would say if you're if you're a beginning fly fisher, you probably should check out one of our other travel options. Yeah, yeah. like well, Patagonia or Montana or Wyoming. Montana, Wyoming. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. It it does, but <laughs> I I'll be honest. My first two days there, it was really tough. And I got in a bad place in my mind. Yeah. And I won't go into it too much, but you start to think, I've traveled all this way. To come catch a fish and I can't do it. Yeah. You saw a snake. I did see a it was a deadly snake too. Yeah. Viper. Viper. Um pretty rare apparently. But um yeah, I I I I think I think for a beginner this could be a place that would frustrate you so much in June. That you may not want to touch a rod again. Yeah. I'm interested to see what, what it's like in April it, when you come back and go, man. April. I fished when it in go. April, but I've also been down there on four day weekend trips and not caught a fish. Yeah. So, well, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it is it is tacky. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's like anywhere. I think before we came because you were there a week before we got there mm-hmm. this past year, <laughs> and you said it fished better that first week than when that last week you were there. Yeah. So it's like, man, just seen girdle bugs for five straight days before <laughs> <Fireball> ones. <laughs> he sent a text. He sent a text. Out. Bring girdle bugs. I brought fifty. <laughs> didn't catch a one. I don't even think we fished them. <laughs> we didn't, but they so, were working. The one thing I will say is, if. Europe interests you and you're wanting to get into fly fishing, don't let that just – you just yeah. got to go over there with yeah. the right mindset. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. So, like, Western North Carolina can be as technical as anywhere oh, I've yeah. ever fished. And I can, it can be a very challenging place for a beginner to cut their teeth is Western North Carolina. Yeah, especially wild trout. Yeah. And, I mean, we've got guys that come from Montana, Wyoming, that come here to fish our wild trout because it is so technical. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I've took people out on guide trips and they catch one or two fish and – I'm excited that they caught one or two as a beginner, but in their mind, it's, it's all about those expectations. Yeah. Yeah, so I is. feel like if you set your expectations at the right level and come in with the right mindset, you can still have fun on a trip like this. The bottom Definitely. line is it doesn't really matter what your skill level is. If you go over there and fish, you're going to get better. Yeah, so no, I did. Yeah. You yeah. will by that. You go over there for five days, you're going to be a better fly fisherman or woman when you come back. That's right. Because it's going to push you. And yeah. you're going to see some amazing scenery with some awesome food yeah. and, and something you've probably never experienced yeah. before. Yeah. The fishing is the bonus. Yeah. For sure. I think yeah. that's the mindset you got to have is the fish yeah. is the bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun just sitting there after fishing all day with the guides and listening to them make jokes. They and do things different. They yeah. do. They hang out. And, yeah. Yeah. Smoke a lot of cigarettes. They smoke a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. That's just Europe. Be prepared for that. If you've never been to Europe, yeah. they smoke. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But well, good show, boys. Awesome. It was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about it finally. Yeah, we we should have done this a long time ago. We'll do it again though. Right on. When yeah. you get back, we'll do another one. Yeah, we should. We should talk and, about um, let's. We'll try to have some 2025 dates. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I might be interested. I got to get yeah. my passport. Yeah, so. you do. Oh, yeah, um, that, that reminds me. Check your passports. Don't. And they only take checks and money orders <laughs> at the passport office. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, no credit cards. Well, so. I mean that is a good point. You can't be. Six months? Back. What's that six-month thing? That's what – oh, that's for uh, – yeah, if your passport's expiring in six months, you can't – a lot of places won't let you in yeah, the country. Right. Yeah. So if it's even close to expiring, you need to go ahead and get it redone. Like a year out, you need to get your passport redone. Yeah. Don't wait till six months before yeah. it's about to – which they're good for ten years. So once you get one, you're good for a while. But Yeah, or nine and a half. <laughs> yeah, nine and a half. <laughs> Technically, right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good deal. If you, Again, if you guys have any questions on this, give the shop a call. Or email us, info at tuckflyshop.com. And, again, check out that YouTube, uh, our, our Tuck, Tuck and CG Fly Shop YouTube channel for that video.
All hearts and minds clear. Yeah. Yes, sir. That wraps up another episode of the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon. For more content, visit Tuckasegee Fly Shop's YouTube channel for instructional how-tos, reviews, and more. For fly fishing articles, check out Tuckasegee Fly Shop's blog at tuckflyshop.com. Thanks for listening. Tight lines.